Hi, you guys. Welcome to Advice and Shit, um, the podcast where I give you advice that no one really asked for. It may be shitty, but hey, you're getting it for free. So let's get started. Today, we are talking about social media and how it affects our mental health. I know I may sound like a super old person who's like them young kids and their phones, but today I'm talking about it because I've seen how it's affected, you know, me and my friends growing up, how it's affected people in my family, how, you know, kids act so, kids now act so different to how I acted when I was their age. And again, I may sound like an old person, but that's why it's advice and shit. It could be shitty. You don't have to listen, but hey, here we are. Thank you for listening. I, inv- I thoroughly enjoy it. Now, um, I'm going to give you a little ad before we get into it. So here we go. Okay, now that we got that annoying ad out of the way, let's get into it. So today I am reading a couple of articles. We're going to start with helpguide.org. It's under teen issues, social media and mental health. The first sense is about while many of us enjoy staying connected on social media, excessive use can fuel feelings of addiction anxiety, depression, isolation, and FOMO. I don't feel like I've heard anyone say FOMO in like forever. So either that's out of date and there's an older person writing this or I'm the older person. I'm not hip and I don't know what's going on. So (laughs) let me know. Um, It talks about how it can, it's going to give tips on modifying your habits and improving your mood. Um... It talks, the article also talks about how humans are social creatures, we thrive for companionship, um, to have like a healthy lifestyle, it can even add years to your life, having a good social environment, um, though it does say if you're spending an excessive amount of time on social media and feelings of sadness, dissatisfaction, frustration, or loneliness are impacting your life, it may be time to re-examine your online habits and find a healthier balance. And then there's ads for like BetterHelp. Don't use BetterHelp. They don't actually have licensed counselors. I don't know if you've heard the drama about BetterHelp, but they advertise. This is a legend. Don't sue me, BetterHelp. But they advertise these therapists. And then when you go to get that therapist that has special certifications and all these things, oh, they're always booked. They have no available time. Some of these therapists allegedly never approved or agreed to work with BetterHelp. So why are they on this website? Um, And then you get people who actually aren't certified. They work as a therapist part-time. They're not licensed counselors. They're not psychiatrists. You can look on TikTok. You can look on Instagram. You can find the scandal on YouTube. That's why so many YouTubers stopped taking um, promotion deals with uh, BetterHelp. Now it's moved to podcasts. It's it's a scandal. Uh, Do not use it. I, don't like this. I do not like that this website is recommending it with 20% off. Do not. Do not. Okay, so back to the article. 
It talks about positive aspects of social media. Social media can enable you to communicate and sit date with family and friends around the world, which is good. But if we take a second and pause, think about it. Do you actually use social media for that? Me? Be honest? Absolutely not. I don't use, well, I don't use Facebook, period, except when it says you need to log into something in order to have access to this and like log in through Facebook. Don't even use it anyways. Might as well log in. That's the only reason I have a Facebook. Instagram, I use it to look at the memes. My whole page is just things that make me laugh and cats and other animals. That's literally it. That's my entire page. If it's a person I see, I'm like, oh, cool, they got engaged. Anyways, next were my cat videos. You know, like I'm not really doing it for that. And I think a lot of people our age aren't really doing it for that unless they're trying to stalk somebody, unless they're trying to like, you know, get involved with somebody. It's not the point. Um, social media enables you to find new friends and communities, network with others who share similar interests or ambitions. It's good for fan art, I've noticed, or like cooking recipes, like communities, finding connections online that you network so it'd be hard to find in person. I think social media is better for that than really keeping up with people in your day-to-day -day life because I really don't do that. Um, do you want to promote worthwhile causes, raise awareness, all that stuff. Seek or offer emotional support during tough times. That's true. People love to do that. People love to write in the comments like, oh, you deserve better. We're praying for you. We care. And they think... I've done my due diligence of taking care of that friend because I commented on a post. I didn't go check up on them in person, have a face-to-face -face interaction so they know that they're really cared for, or if, hey, they're a real friend, call them. If you can't go see them in person, call them, check up on them. I There was a, now this was a friend I had online, didn't actually know them in person, and they did a whole little tangent in their caption about how depressed and how they wanted to, to basically delete themselves. And I, I didn't, because people wrote comments like, oh, hope you're doing better, hope whatever. I went and I messaged them this long thing. I gave them resources. I was like, if you want to talk, like I am here. And they were like kind of surprised. They're like, oh. Well, thank you don't have to do this. It's fine. Don't. No. No. It's fine. And they seemed shocked that someone would give so much support, like actually going out of the out of the comment section to actually give support. And then they're like, "Oh, no. I don't want this help from you." You know why? Because they don't actually know me. So it's awkward for me to, or I guess it was awkward for them that a stranger was offering so much emotional support outside of the comment section and was trying to do it in real life, right? But then if we think about it, if you didn't, and this is not me being upset at this person, if you don't want that emotional support in your messages, in your DMs, and you want it saved for the comment section or whatever. Like if you don't want people to actually reach out and be supporting you and trying to make you feel better, 
Why put it in your caption? Why tell people about how you want to delete yourself? It doesn't make sense. I mean, deleting yourself doesn't make sense anyways. We should, if you're feeling that way, you should definitely contact somebody. But I don't know. This was kind of a tangent <laughs> just about how people dump their feelings or like crying videos and post it online and then that's their way of like, I dealt with it, it's gone now. And then you have people trying to support you and you're like, oh, I don't actually like need support from you because you're a stranger online. I want it from real life people in my life. That's the thing. Anyways, more positive things about social media is you can find vital social media connection if you live in a remote area. Um... You can find outlet for your creativity and self-expression. You can discover sources of valuable information and learning. These are all good. Um, now, the negative aspects of social media. There's a little blurb underneath that says, since it's a relatively new technology, there's a little research to establish the long-term consequences, good or bad, of social media use. However, multiple studies have found a strong link between heavy social media use and increased risk for depression, anxiety, loneliness, self-harm, and even deletion thoughts, right? So social media can promote negative experiences such as inadequacy about your life or experience. Think about like all the insecure. If you're a girl, girl, let me tell you, all the insecurities you suddenly gained from social media growing up. If you're in like your early or late 20s, you know, you may have been a teenager when social media came around or like you were in high school and like just in general life going through puberty, you get insecurities because, oh my God, this girl's skinnier than me. This girl's taller than me. She has a better fashion sense than me. She looks good. I look like a garbage can. All of my outfits are ugly. And then you go and you get into social media where you're exposed to more and more people that you can compare yourself to but then at the same time you have all these people who because they're not having to say it to your face they can say it behind a screen like the abc family Cyberbully, great movie they can say it behind a, they have more courage to say it behind a screen than to your face and they can point out those insecurities that you think in your head that you would never say out loud about yourself they can make those comparisons to you and put it in the comments and not feel bad about it because they don't see your reaction and they think it's funny. Right? Because I, you know, I thought I was overweight. I really wasn't. And then in high school, I ran all the time. My mom, now she talks about it. She's like, you were really skinny. I look back at you at high school and I think maybe you were a little bit too skinny. Like I ran all the time. Every Saturday, I would run 12 miles every Sunday. I ran nine miles and then I ran like three to five throughout the week. And then Saturday, 12 miles, Sunday, nine miles. I ran so much. And then like my lunches and stuff at school that I packed for myself were more just like several snacks throughout the day, not like full meals. And I look back and I'm like, damn, I thought I was fat then, but I was really skinny because I would see online people who have like completely flat stomachs. And I was like, my stomach is not completely fat because 
I know there's these organs here, but why is mine curved down? Why do theirs not? Something must be wrong. I must run more. <laughs> you know, there's also the fear of missing out, FOMO, social media addiction, where people feel like, oh, they're hanging out without me. They didn't invite me. I'm not friends with them. Which, I'm not going to lie, that sucks. That really does suck. And I've experienced that myself, where this was before social media. It was this one girl's birthday party that all of, a lot of my friends were friends with her. I wasn't friends with her. I didn't know her. And it was like, oh my gosh, this birthday party. So many things happened at this birthday party. I did not go to this birthday party. I can tell you every big event incident that happened. I can tell you about how the carpet caught on fire from a straightener. I can tell you about how they were like, we're going to stay up all night and watch the sunrise. And they sat down to watch the sunrise and immediately fell asleep because it was like four in the morning. I can tell you all about this sleepover that I wasn't even at because it was the big thing everyone talked about. Now imagine you're on social media and you're not hearing about it. It's literally in your face. It's on your screen. You can see I wasn't invited to that sucks that sucks yeah that just sucks like, i don't know what else, else to put it so yeah fomo i definitely feel that we have isolation um and i'll read a little bit about that the article says a study at the university of pennsylvania found that high usage of facebook snapchat and instagram increases rather rather than decreasing feelings of loneliness. Conversely, the study found that reducing social media usage can usually can actually make you feel less lonely and isolated and improve your overall well-being. I actually don't know how that goes into isolation. Um I guess social media you're spending it by yourself it's a it's a single user thing um and if you're feeling lonely probably means addiction and you are gonna spend more time on social media um but if you're spending less time on social media you're probably spending more time having face-to-face -face interactions and those are a lot better um which, speaking of face-to-face -face interactions, the next thing this article talks about is depression and anxiety. Human beings need face-to-face -face contact to be mentally healthy. Nothing reduces stress and boosts your mood faster or more effectively than eye-to-eye contact with someone who cares about you. That's important. Not just random people. People that care about you. The more you prioritize social media interaction over in-person relationships, the more you're at risk for developing or exacerbating mood disorders such as anxiety and depression. We also have social media, cyberbullying, 10% of teens report being bullied on social media, and many other users are subjected to offensive comments. So just getting offensive comments don't count as cyberbullying anymore. Um, Twitter is very much a hot spot to spread the tea, spreading Perfect rumors, lies, abuse that can be leaving emotional scars. 
Twitter's kind of toxic, honestly. Even before Elon Musk. It was, it was a toxic place. That's why I don't have it. Self-absorption. Sharing endless selfies and all your innermost thoughts on social media can create an unhealthy self-centeredness and distant you from real-life connections. Yeah. Have you noticed that young people are like very self-involved and entitled? I think that I think that kind of goes into that. But that's just me, you know? That's just my beliefs as a young, old person. That's just me. Um, that's what I think. I definitely agree with that. When I think about people who are super young, like preteens and all that, um... They're self-absorbed. And I, I don't know, like, I guess every preteen becomes like a little self-absorbed because everybody's self-conscious at that time and all that. But like, it feels like more than normal. Like, people are being, you know, crappy to their parents. And I'm like, I would have never said that to my mom, but okay. <laughs> you know? And we got to think about what's causing our social media use. These days, most of our access social media via smartphones or tablets. While this makes very convenient to keep in touch, it also means that social media is always accessible. This around-the-clock hyper-connectivity can trigger impulse control problems, the constant alerts and notifications affecting your concentration and focus, disturbing your sleep, and making you a slave to your phone. I completely agree. People, you know how they have the, um, the phantom buzz. Where you, oh, you think your phone buzzed, but it didn't. It's an addiction. It's a problem. Um, and they, they write a good thing about how social media platforms are designed to snare your attention, keep you online, and have you repeatedly checking your screen for updates. There was a whole documentary, I think it's on Netflix, about that, and it was really, really good. It's how the companies make money. But much like a gambling compulsion or an addiction to nicotine, alcohol, or drugs, social media can create psychological cravings. When you receive a like, a share, a favorable reaction to a post, it can trigger the release of dopamine in your brain, the same reward chemical that follows winning on a slot machine, taking a bite of chocolate, or lighting up a cigarette, for example. The more you're rewarded, the more time you spend on the social media apps. It didn't say social media apps. I paraphrased that in my old ladiness. Even if it becomes detrimental to other aspects of your life. Yeah, this morning actually to call myself out a little bit i was laying in bed i was like i don't exactly want to get up yet so i'm just gonna i'll look at my phone for a minute and then an hour went by didn't even realize i'm looking at nothing I'm looking at a screen in the dark getting nothing out of it it was not proactive it was not productive it was it was nothing i did nothing i got nothing out of it and yet here i am did it for an hour and then i was like god what am I doing? Five more minutes. I'll wait till it rounds out till like the hour on the clock. Like what? Mm. There's a say there's a vicious cycle of unhealthy social media use. Excessive social media use can create a negative self 
perpetuating cycle. When you feel lonely, depressed, anxious, or stressed, you use social media more often as a way to relieve boredom or feel connected to others. Like I said, when you're on social media, get the likes, get the shares. It's like you get that dopamine hit in your brain that relieves the feeling of loneliness, depression, anxiety, and stress. Using social media more often, though, increases FOMO and feeling of inadequacy, dissatisfaction, and isolation. In turn, these feelings negatively affect your mood and worsen symptoms of depression, anxiety, and stress. These worsening symptoms cause you to use social media even more, and so the downward spiral continues. So how do we check ourselves and see that we're actually, um, the social media is impacting our mental health? This article goes into it a little bit. They say spending more time on social media than with real-world friends. You know, keep track of yourself. Do that um, fingers down. How many fingers do you get put down? We'll see. You know, the signs of if social media is affecting our mental health. Put a finger down if you're spending more time on social media than with your real world friends. Put a finger down if you're comparing yourself unfavorably with others on social media. Me, whenever I look at the Kardashians, I'll put my finger down for that one. Put a finger down if you're experiencing cyberbullying. Put a finger down if you're being distracted at school or work. You feel pressured to post regular content about yourself, get comments or likes on your posts, respond quickly and enthusiastically with friends' posts. Put a finger down if you're having no time for self-reflection. Every spare moment is filled by engaging with social media, leaving you little to no time for reflecting on who you are, what you think, or why you act the way you do. The things that allow you to grow as a person. Put a finger down if you're engaging in risky behavior in order to gain likes, shares, or positive reactions on social media. You play dangerous pranks, post embarrassing material, cyberbullying others, or access your phone while driving or in other unsafe situations. Like, think of the, um, the Paul brothers. Just that. That is social media addiction. Put a finger down if you're suffering from sleep problems. Do you check social media last thing at night, first thing in the morning, or even when you wake up in the night? The light from phones and other devices can disrupt your sleep, which in turn have a serious impact on your mental health. Put a finger down if you're worsening symptoms of anxiety and depression. Rather than helping to alleviate negative feelings and boost your mood, you feel more anxious, depressed, or lonely after using social media. So how many fingers did you lose? Think about it. Be honest with yourself. How many fingers did you lose? Now, thank you for that self-reflection, that moment of silence. Now we're going to get into modifying social media to improve our mental health step, which is reducing. The first step is reducing our time online. Okay, we can't get any better than reducing our time online. I mean, there's other steps, but we'll get into that. Oh, before we get into spending less time on social media, I would just like to say that I think taking time for self-reflection is really important. That means I know you're listening to a podcast right now. I mean, that's good for your, if you're listening, that's good for your eyes. You're doing other things. Your eyes aren't being constantly attacked by blue light. But I think in general... Having silence 
to reflect on how you feel. Work on validating yourself. Just having time to reflect in silence. Having your own thoughts, I think, is also something else. We are constantly bombarded with content. And we're always listening to something. We're always watching something. And you may be think you may have noticed that nobody seems to have an original thought these days. Disney with all their remakes, people who seem to always have like the same talking points. Nobody has original talking points anymore. Everyone has the same mantra. Nobody's coming up with original ideas. We are constantly bombarded with content and things to watch, things to listen to. We never sit by ourselves in silence and think and have our own original thoughts. And how can you know where you really stand on any topic if you don't sit and think and have your own thoughts and form your own opinions instead of just having people tell you how to think and how to feel? Now that I'm going to get off my high horse, we can talk about reducing our time online. They, so in 2018... University of Pennsylvania study found that reducing social media use to, oh God, 30 minutes a day, that is not a lot of time and will be very difficult to do, but I will try as I post this podcast. Reducing social media use to 30 minutes a day resulted in significant reduction in levels of anxiety, depression, loneliness, sleep problems, and FOMO. But you don't need to cut back on social media use that drastically to improve your mental health very important so we can always reduce 30 minutes could be a goal my goal is an hour and then you know how you can change your settings on your phone that says limit my limit is an hour for myself across all social media my phone does not count youtube as a social media so (laughs) kind of trick it that way and also it comes up with this thing saying you've reached your limit And then I hit ignore, add 15 minutes. (laughs) So often that I'm definitely getting more than an hour a day. Definitely more. But anyways, the first first thing that this article talks about is use an app to track how much time you spend on social media each day then set a goal for how much you want to reduce it by. My phone tells me that all the time because if you have an iPhone, you can already do that. Um, turn off your phone at certain times of the day, such as when you're driving in a meeting at the gym, having dinner, spending time with offline friends, or playing with your kids. Don't take your phone with you to the bathroom. That, I think turning off your phone, see this is me sounding addicted, is unrealistic. Because what if someone needs to reach you? That, that's what, that was my thought was, well, I can't turn on my phone. What if someone needs to reach me? How many times... How often during the day does someone call me or do I get a text? I don't. I don't get notifications. Nobody's trying to contact me. So why would I instantly like, I can't do that. I can't turn off my phone. Maybe because I'm addicted. Mm. But yeah, don't bring your phone with you to the bathroom. Don't do that. They also say, don't bring your phone or tablet to bed. Turn devices off and then leave them under another room overnight to charge. That is so smart. But also my phone is my alarm. So how am I going to get my alarm? I used to have my phone charging across the room. So when my alarm went off, I actually had to get up. So that's what I would do. That's what I did. 
now I don't have a plug that's far away, so it's right next to my head. Breaking my own rules and ideas. Um, though I do have my notifications turned off after a certain point in the night. So at 7.30 at night, my notifications go off. It says bedtime. Don't disturb. Yes, I disable social media notifications. It's hard to resist the constant buzzing, beeping, and dinging of your phone, alerting you to new, to new messages. Turn off notifications can help you regain control of your life, of your time, and focus on also your life. I turned off notifications for Instagram. And let me just say, the stress of Instagram is gone. Like, I used to be so stressed. Like, oh my god, if I put this comment, you know... If I say this, oh, if I get a bunch of, what if I get a bunch of notifications? What if people don't like this? What if this? What if that? Girl, I don't get notifications at all. During, I will say, during the pandemic, I would post about um, different regulations and stuff and like um, guidelines that were given. And then I had this person, they thought we were having a lovely conversation. I thought I was being attacked. And they would message me and say their opinion about the thing that I posted. And like, I mean, that's the internet. I put my opinion out there. Someone can comment on it. They thought we were having a lovely conversation. I thought I was being attacked. And every time my phone would ding, I would get a notification from them. I would like be like, oh my God, 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 I can't do this. Now, I just don't have notifications turned on. And guess what? I don't open the messenger part of Instagram, so... There you go. <laughs> limit checks. If you are compulsively checking your phone every few minutes, win yourself off by limiting your checks to only every 15 minutes. Then once every 30 minutes, then once every hour, there are apps that can automatically limit when you're at, can automatically limit when you're able to access your phone. That's actually kind of cool. Try removing social media apps from your phone. So you can only check Facebook, Twitter, and like from your tablet or computer. Um, which may, this may seem drastic. I took it off of my homepage. I, I would remove the app from my homepage. So then I had to actually like go through and try and find it. In like the search thing. Which then I, it got too easy to do that. Um, but the idea was I removed it from my homepage and then I could remove it overall. But then I was like, how am I going to log back in if I want to log in? I don't know my login. So it didn't totally work. Um, so the next step is change your focus and kind of reflect on like, why are you using social media? Are you using social media as a substitute for real life? Are you an active or passive user on social media? Are you passively scrolling through posts or anonymously following the interactions of others on social media? Does it provide any meaningful sense of connection? It may increase feelings of isolation. Being an active participant, though, will offer you more engagement with others. Guess what? I'm passive. I just look at the memes. I just scroll. And then I'm like, I bet there's, a there's an argument going on in the comments. And then I look at that. <laughs> so I definitely would put a finger down in that situation. Does social media leave you feeling inadequate or disappointed about your life? Yeah, you had a FOMO. You know, you gotta change your focus. Like, why are you doing this? Many people access social media purely out of habit or to mindlessly kill moments of downtime. 
the focusing on your motivation for logging on. You can not only reduce the time you spend on social media, you can also improve your experience and avoid many of the negative aspects. The third step is to spend more time with offline friends. Set aside time each week to see friends in real life. If you neglected face-to-face -face friendships, reach out to an old friend. You could join a club. Join a book club. Would highly recommend. I love my book club. Go to the gym. Don't let social awkwardness stand in the way. I feel like everybody's so awkward now because we don't talk in person. If you don't feel that you have anyone to spend time with, reach out to acquaintances. Those could become real friendships if you try. And interact with strangers. Say hi to someone. Be like, hey, how you doing? Give a good old wave to people. Expressing gratitude. Feelings. Oh, that's step four. Sorry. Step four is expressing gratitude. Feeling and expressing gratitude about the important things in your life can be a welcome relief to the resentment, animosity, and disconnect, disconnect, discontentment sometimes generated by social media. Take time for reflection. Again, reflection. Very important. Try to keep like a gratitude journal or gratitude app. Practice mindfulness. You know, experiencing FOMO and comparing yourself unfavorably to others keeps you dwelling in a life's disappointment and frustration. Instead of being fully engaged in the present, you're focused on the what-ifs and the if-onlys that prevent you from having a life that matches those you see on social media. By practicing mindfulness, you can learn to live more in the present moment, lessen the impact of FOMO, and improve your overall mental well-being. That's really good. In time for reflection, write about the positive things. I just want to go back to that for a second. I think I said before on this podcast, I have a bullet journal and I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, bullet journal my feelings. That wasn't good because I just spiraled about the things that pissed me off, made me upset. So I had to change it. I had to reflect and bullet journal about the things that went well. So then when I go back and look at my bullet journal, I don't just see a bunch of sad ass entries. I see positive things that happened and I'll forget about the things that pissed me off. But if I focus on that and like write them down and write them down in ink, make them permanent in the history of my life, I won't forget them. You can volunteer. I think volunteering would be a good way to help you. Just as human beings, you are hardwired to seek social connection. We're also hardwired to give to others. That's also that's a good idea. I think this is good information from this article, and I will link it um in the description so y'all can read it yourself read the paragraphs that i didn't get to um the last section of this is about how to help a teen who's feeling social media uh oh my gosh was addiction that's the word um and i will leave that for y'all my timer's going off for something at work sorry about that um <laughs> but i think that'll be it for today, just this one article, because this was way more helpful than I expected it to be. Um, and I hope you guys have a wonderful day, and I will see you guys next week. Okay, bye!